Kia ora everyone, you're listening to Speak Out Radio on Access Radio 106.1 FM. Um, my name is Neo, I use he or they pronouns, and I'm here with Alex today. Alex, how are you doing? Kia ora I'm good, thank you. Yeah. It's been a, a good few years since I've um, been in Access Radio and been part of Speak Out, so it's really cool to be back. Yeah, um, what are your pronouns, Alex? Oh yes, um, pronouns he and him. Great. Um, so I'm talking to Alex today because Inside Out is coming out with some fabulous new resources. Um, and Alex is the resource management lead. Did I get that right? Development lead? Uh, yeah, I've made some resources, obviously right. with the help of a lot of different people. Totally, yeah, it takes a village, right? Yeah, um, yeah, so do you want to tell us a little bit about the resources? Absolutely, yeah. So um, I guess, yeah, so there are three main resources that are coming out. Uh, in this sort of package, so we've got a lot of a lot of cool resources that are coming out at the moment, including some video resources, which some of them which are already up on YouTube. Um, but the three main resources that we're sort of talking about today um, are, have been developed with support from the Ministry of Education. So that's the sort of exciting thing about it is that we're having this support from the big the big powers up there um, who are seeing this work as really important. So the work being you know, creating safer communities and, and particularly schools for rainbow ranked young people in Aotearoa. Uh, so I, I guess one of the resources has, I didn't have as much, I, I wasn't leading that development, so that's Bron, who is a for, former Wellington schools coordinator. So just to talk about her work um, and sort of speak, not speaking for that, but also just because it's part of the, the package, I guess. Um, so that one was uh, is a resource around creating uh helping staff to support rainbow diversity groups in their schools. Uh, so it sort of complements an existing resource that Inside Out has, which is aimed at for students um, to help them start those groups. So this one's about staff supporting those students. Nice. Very important. Yeah. Because I yeah. feel like often staff have like no idea where to start even. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And what their role is. Absolutely. Whereas like staff supporting these groups are so important, right? Like, they couldn't exist without staff, um, probably. Yeah, totally. It's that that link eh, between mm. schools. I mean, sorry, students and the wider school. Exactly. Got to have someone sticking up for them, right? Yeah, totally. Like an ad- advocacy role as mm. well. Yeah. So that's that's one of the resources, which is yeah really exciting to get out because obviously for all these resources, there's a real they've been in, they've been developed because there's a real need. We've seen a growing need for these particular areas. Mm. Um, so the second resource is actually a second edition of a current resource again, uh, which is called Making School Safer for Transgender Diverse and Intersex Students, or Making School Safer for short. <laughs> um, and this one, yeah, I, it, the first edition was published in 2016. So over the last five, six years, there's been a massive uh, development and shift in in awareness and understanding and, and just even language around gender diversity uh, and it's great because we've we've worked with ITANS uh, which is the Intersex Awareness Trust Aotearoa to develop some intersex specific content for this resource as well great. so it's yeah it's sort of broadening that out because uh, we often find that um, I guess although student intersex and trans students experiences will be really different people will often look for uh, gender diversity resources and it's sort of by way of doing that that they'll find oh right intersex, if they haven't heard about intersex mm. students experiences before they'll come across that too which is equally as important so it's yeah hopefully we'll raise some more awareness and education around 
um, around that. Absolutely. Intersex people are so often left out of the conversation when they should be. I mean, we should be supporting them however we can because, while, like while you like you said, our, co- our experiences are very different, but um, we're siblings in this community, right? We have to lift yeah. each other up because yeah. there's no one else that's going to do it for us, unfortunately. Absolutely. And often the... The experiences or the challenges that we face and intersex people face. Um, I'm in intersex, so I'm not. I'm not intersex. Um, they they come from the sort of the same roots of um, uh, you know the assumptions that we have around people's bodies and people's gender and sex. And because sex and gender are so often conflated, um, there there is that overlap there in, in some ways. But of course, there are unique um, things as well that intersex students face, um, such as um, just to sort of er- um, even more erasure, you know, mm. around we we're often talking. Oh yeah, gender's a spectrum. That's sort of that's becoming a, a a more accepted, well-known thing. But also, oh well, sex is not binary either. Yeah. And like that's some people are still having trouble grasping that. I f- and that's what I'm sort of hearing um, mm. in terms of st- school staff. So yeah, that will hopefully bridge that (laughs) gap there and the third resource the third resource is it's more it's called um (laughs) so many words it's (laughs) called creating rainbow inclusive school policies and procedures right yes so this is one which is a little more to the point a little bit more wordy texty um but it's for schools to to help them create uh better structures and also operational things like policies but mm. also like curriculum development and all that stuff that goes on sort of behind the scenes but helps the school run how to make those rainbow inclusive uh, so things like obviously like uniform and, and uh, toilet and changing room policies um, curriculum development and uh, privacy and disclosure is a huge one mm. so Again, it's been really great to work with the Ministry of Education because they've been able to to fill in some of the the gaps that we not might not we might have around pol- like legislation or mm. like how this relates to say the Privacy Act or the Education Act. So um, yeah, it's been it's been cool to sort of I guess bring our expertise together mm. um, in that way and like share knowledge, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's a it's an exciting one because as we know, those policies are sort of the foundation even yeah. though they're sort of <laughs> these written documents they mm. actually like they there's something that both staff and students and communities can reference Definitely. and they set standards and mm-hmm. expectations and we believe that <laughs> once Out believes that you know all schools should be striving for that for the standard for safety and belonging and celebration of rainbow young people and mm. that needs to be reflected in those documents yeah in those procedures yeah Quick funny note, I've noticed that we cannot create like a short title for these things. <laughs> Honestly, it's difficult. Like um, we have like starting and strengthening rainbow diversity groups. Like the shortest one we have is join this chariot. But even after that, there's like a subtitle, like join this chariot, a Christian school's guide to something. True. Um, like we cannot, we are fully incapable of making them short. Right? <laughs> Why do you think it is? We just have so much to say, you know? Mm. Mm. And very descriptive titles. Mm-hmm. It's quite like, mm-hmm. and also action oriented because I guess mm. a lot of our work is, I mean, we we're advocating and we're moving, we're pushing for change. Mm. So I guess that's yeah. That's, they, yeah, they have to be descriptive and they have to like have like 
here's what this is going to be and like here's what's here's what this resource is going to involve and here's how it will be helpful yeah yeah exactly um gotta sell it to people but like yeah in a funny way it's really is like marketing right (laughs) because people are going to look at this title and be like oh okay yeah, yeah exactly that's what it's about yeah and actually on that note um one of the other resources which is sort of currently it's it's not going to be released with these ones at the same time but it's being developed is around um rainbow bullying and identifying and preventing rainbow focused bullying mm. and again we we haven't come up with a title why <laughs> maybe maybe we have uh, and i just haven't heard of it yet mm. but i know that there was a phase where we were trying to figure out a title for it and it just wasn't why is, why is naming things so hard? Like when I write, like naming characters is like so difficult. Naming books, like uh, naming yeah. anything. Like I'm trans. Naming myself was not easy. You know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's about identity mm. and that like presentation. Eh, mm-hmm. of how do you want this thing? It's like having a pitch for something. Mm. Like how do you want to sell something? Exactly. It really is mm. like marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny to think funny. of naming yourself as marketing, exactly. but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of like what you want to show to the world, right? Because it's mm. often the first thing that people might know about you. Exactly. Yeah. 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 First impressions. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. That's so totally relevant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, great. So do you want to tell me a little bit about like the process of creating these resources? Yeah. So they all, we started the process probably, we, so we received funding from mm-hmm. the Ministry of Education, I would say at the end of 2019. Oh yeah, um, so it's so, been a while. Yeah, it has been, it's been a, a process yeah, um, because sure. we've learned a lot about working with um, the Ministry of Education in a more uh, sort of involved way, mm. um, which has been great. And it's also, of course, we're working to two essentially different timelines. Mm. So there's been a lot of back and forth and a lot of checking, um, as you can imagine there. You know, and we because of the support we've received from the ministry, they want to make sure that it is, the you know, consistent messaging and all yeah. that stuff. So, that's been the the sort of the second half of the the process of uh, once we've we'd created the drafts. Um, yeah, it's been a little while, but we are so and it's yeah we're so excited because there is there are the printers at the moment. <gasps> um, so it's. Yeah, no turning back from here. That's so exciting. Yay. Yes, but that's really jumping around a lot. So we, so probably, yeah, at the start of last year, um, we just started looking at what we already had in terms of resources. For example, the Making School Safer resource. And we were like, okay, what's going to, what do we want to change? What do we want to add? What what has changed in, in terms of um, sort of common practice or best practice, mm. um, however you want to put it. And we've, realized there's a lot of stuff that has changed so we just sort of built for the making school safer we just built on that um, and of course worked with ITAN so they wrote the sections that were related relating to intersex students Mm. and and then we also um, they sort of fed back into the draft um, once we had created a little bit more Um, I guess one of the most important parts for all the resources um, was the the getting the feedback, but also the pre-feedback or like asking people what they would want to see mm. in the resource. So and like consulting or um, yeah. what would be the right word for that? Yeah, I guess a bit of consultation yeah. uh, in the form of a, a Google survey. <laughs> um, <laughs> we love our Google surveys, those, don't oh, we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, for example, one of the groups we, we went out to was uh, parents and caregivers of trans and gender diverse young people. Um, and we got some really 
great feedback from that perspective on on what would be helpful for parents to use these to use these tools as an advocacy thing for their students. Mm. Oh, sorry, for the for their kids at school. Um, and we also went to uh, schools and school staff who we already had relationships with. Mm. We had a really Im- important conversation with um, a principal at a school down in Christchurch, um, who is just yeah is, is very affirming and doing already good things Love in the it. school. So yeah, they all those sort of insights fed into the resource development. Mm. Um, and I guess my role was sort of collating that and writing the bulk of it, um, but then also getting. Uh, you know, realizing what I what I couldn't write to, and mm. there's only so much you can research and and uh, reference. But there's also we because these resources are so much grounded in lived experience. There's also uh, it, we we went through a process of of um, getting people to write different sections mm. as well, which was um, was important for us as well. So we had um, in our the making school safer resource. Which has probably took the most time because it's it's very comprehensive. That yeah. um, we also uh, so we have a section on cultural considerations and those intersections between a person's gender, sex, and um, you know Fano community around them. So mm. um, we focused on um, Te Ao Māori and Pacific students and also um, Asian students' perspectives, and of course. They don't speak to everyone's experiences, mm. <laughs> and nor do they cover every single yeah. um, cultural experience in the world. But uh, that sort of, yeah, hopefully gives a bit more um, insight into experiences mm. that are often left out of the uh, conversations mm-hmm. around this. Because obviously, the way that we talk about gender and sex is quite, quite a westernized way. <laughs> Western and colonial, and, and I could go on and on about this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. So that was that was really interesting. Uh, writing and editing and, and collating that section because, of course, you could. It was the tip of the iceberg, and mm. and it really needs its own resource. Yeah. Um. But maybe one day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the ministry would like to fund um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ministry, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please. It's been. Yeah. It, it. It. In some ways, it feels like it's it's the beginning of things. Like it's yeah. obviously not because mm. there's decades of work behind this, but. Yeah. Um, it sort of opened up all these new um, things. Like, for example, we wanted to create a resource as part of this for primary schools mm. because that's a growing area that we're inside out is, is receiving a lot of queries and, and the need is there in primary schools. So we wanted to create a resource initially for primary schools specifically, um, but we found that because it's quite in a, still a very new area and mm. also there was a, quite a bit of crossover between like the resources aren't just for high schools, yeah. they're for every year. Um, yeah. And yeah, so that's an example of, of one resource that we would like to uh, develop in the future. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what does the, like, the editing process look like out of curiosity? Is it just like a, you just like a bunch of Google Docs and then you <laughs> send them off to people and then they type up suggestions or is it like... A lot of version control, yep. yes. Yep, so yeah, we worked on Google Docs. Yeah. And um, Inside yeah. Out loves Google Docs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it can get, admittedly, it can get quite messy with different, <laughs> um, the whole being able to be on this document at the same time and yeah. ever seeing everyone's. It's very transparent. Yeah. And so, and it can also be very crude. Like, we've had, we had some really generous 
feedback from um, gender minorities Aotearoa. Mm. Um, and one of the challenges is um, is addressing f- feedback f- that's coming from all perspectives. Mm. And so, uh, again, with the ministry's help, you know, they would have ways or things that ways of framing things that we might not necessarily have done if that wasn't, you know, yeah. an expectation or requirement from them. Um, and, of course, that's the tension between prioritising community voices, mm. which we really, really yeah. <laughs> tried and wanted to do and had to make some compromises because yeah. of the ways that, yeah, we we framed things in, yeah, a, a sort of a, a way that is inviting. And I think that's really important mm. to, to, to make these um, these resources welcoming and affirming of, of what the work that's already being done and the mm. intentions that people have. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's always going to be a tension is how yeah. do you, and, and there's, you can't, it's not going to be perfect. Uh, you can't yeah. marry everyone's, um, feedback together. So <laughs> yeah, that process of editing was, yeah, it's definitely not linear. <laughs> um, and we also had the support from two editors who came on, um, early this year, um, and they helped to again to sort of make the the resources a bit more consistent in terms yeah. of the wording and all that stuff. I was going to ask about that actually. <laughs> yeah, in terms yeah. of the consistency. Yeah, yeah, like because you said that like other people came in and wrote stuff, so I was going to like curious about the consistency and like keeping it um, similar tone and everything. Yeah, that's uh, that was probably one of the biggest challenges. Mm. Um, again, because these are, you know, we want that consistent message to mm-hmm. come across, and so. Even with the the changes that happened with legislation, for example, mm. with the the new Education and Training Act that came in, I think it was last year. Mm. Um, there's been so much change, so we'd change it in one, say, in the policy and procedures yeah. resource. We'd say, okay, this is the current like where it's at, or as of May 2020, <laughs> this is the situation, yeah. and right up until the last, like we were about to go put them to print or that the, the ministry had given the big green tick we were ready to go and then with the um one of the submissions for the i think it was the, for the birth deaths and marriages act so mm-hmm. at the moment there's obviously lots of pol- um legislation change going through yeah uh, we were alerted to the fact that there was this other educational policy thing about name and gender changes uh, like like on how you change it on your student mm, management system mm-hmm. and all that stuff and what you needed. Like, was it a birth certificate or a passport? Yeah. Anyway, long story short, we were like, oh, that doesn't match up with the advice that we've got from the ministry. Oh. So, yeah, things like that where um, all good in the end, we just made a few changes, but it did like happen, you know, up until the final Ooh. minute, the 11th hour. Dangerous, dangerous <laughs> yeah. game there. <laughs> yeah, very, very dangerous. So when they come out, there's probably – Within the last month, there's probably something that's been changed. Um, but well, it just happens so fast. Like, because I mean, um, things like everything rainbow related is just barreling along at like a really great speed. Like, we love to see all these changes, but unfortunately, it does mm. like sort of make some of our information and resources and stuff outdated pretty quickly. It does, yeah, totally, yeah. And and this, I guess, it needs to be seen as a snapshot or like a. Uh, an addition mm. <laughs> that will be updated in the future. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. not any, there's no universal truth <laughs> anything. This is like, this is the aim of these resources is to provide a consistent current guideline. That's yeah. not to say that it's going to be current in <laughs> five years time. Yeah. And we really hope that, that some things that we've 
included in these will have changed yeah. um, because there are a lot of unknowns and things like that. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Can I ask about like the art for the for the resources? Because I've seen like the covers of some of them, and man, are they good? Yes, it's that's a great Jay, point. right? Yes. So Jay is our former chairperson um, and a long time family member of Inside Out, and they do just the coolest art. <laughs> um, if, if, this is funny because it's such a. This is not a visual medium right, <laughs> yeah, right, right now, but we can describe the the artwork is beautiful mm-hmm. and it's so colourful yes. and hopefully captures that all those different experiences. You know, to say that this is not um, there is no one way of being mm. rainbow or trans or intersex. Um, so yeah, there's yeah they're pretty they're pretty fun. Um, was it just Jay or was there other artists involved? I believe it was just Jay. Wow. Uh, we had some really awesome designers um, who put the resources together in terms of the text and all the positioning of everything. Mm. Um, and yeah, but I, I'm I'm ninety five percent sure it was it was Jay who has done the resource the the illustrations across the resources. That's very impressive. I'll have to remember to give them high five next time I see them. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're excited to share. I don't know if they've seen the the. Um, drafts yet or how it's been come together but they're yeah very cool what is the process for like so you said you had some designers to create the like layouts at what point does the art get put in Mm, that's a good question I think they probably I think the designers might have seen the well, maybe it happened at the same time that mm. they would have put placeholders in right. I, I remember making a document of like putting a placeholder like half a page for a, an image here and then sending that to Jay. I mm. think then Jay could know like what the size was and all that stuff for the illustrations. Gotcha. Then put them, created those, mm. sent them maybe back. And then, yeah, that's a good question. Mm. I yeah, wasn't as involved in that's that fine. process, um, but it happened and yeah, it worked and, out. And I'm sure they look great and I'm so excited to see them. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, me too. I think the 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 paper coffee will be mm. even more like vivid. Mm-hmm. Are they A4? Yes. Yeah. I I think all three definitely making school safer and um and the policies and procedures ones mm. are. Um and I'm pretty sure the um QSA Rainbow Diversity Group one nice. is too. Cool. That was it, we were initially not going to have an A4. Oh. Um but it was A5 or Yeah, yep, so like a yeah, an A5 little yep. booklet. Um, but there was just so much information yeah. that we realised. <laughs> so it much would to be... fit in. It would have been like a novel. <laughs> um, yeah, something like it's already how many pages? I want to say like some like seventy something or wow. I don't know for each one. So it's yeah, That's it's a lot. I'm yeah. so excited. Um, here's a very important question: Where can people get access to these resources? Probably the million dollar question. Yeah. Eh? yeah. <laughs> yes. So. Um, this is the the current where it's at at the moment, but hopefully by the end of this month, so end of October 2021, uh, we will have our print resources ready and we're hopefully going to do some sort of release event uh, in Wellington. Um, and they're also available for free. Uh, or you can order the, pay, the print copies as well on our website. So if you just go to our resources tab on the Inside Out website, um, you'll find... The information for each of them there um, but you can also download the pdfs and that's all for free nice. i'm actually in charge of sending out the ones when they're 
printed. Cool. So it's been really cool seeing all the pre-orders roll in because you can pre-order them now. Um, That's so amazing. Go ahead and go to our website, as Alex said, on the resources tab, and you can get them for free, which is amazing. Cool. I did not know that they, you could pre-order them. Yep. So thank you for adding that information. No in. worries. <laughs> Yay. Oh, that's cool to hear that there's lots of... I mean, yeah. it does not surprise me because literally, like, we've been... I mean, we've been sending out variations of the mm. guidelines anyway because... Mm-hmm. That would be unethical to withhold that information. But um, you, excuse but, me, you'll have to wait for our resource to come out yeah. before we tell you this. <laughs> Which is like indefinite <laughs> amount of time. Um, yeah, we, we've been joking. We're like, it's soon. I remember I spoke at a presentation in July and mm. I was like, oh, they're definitely going to be ready next month <laughs> or maybe September at the latest. <laughs> yeah. But no. what, is, what has been the issue? They just, just haven't been ready or... Oh, just the again COVID going back to the COVID did take a um a bit of yeah it took a, probably a couple of weeks mm. uh, the last one in, in August when we went to level four mm. um because the ministry obviously had <laughs> other priorities yes. um but because the ministry their feedback process so we were we worked with this um uh, mainly yeah one person who was our liaison mm-hmm. Claire who was really awesome and is really awesome I should say <laughs> um and we. She sort of, um, from my understanding, she coordinated within the ministry, sent it to the different teams who would be in charge of, say, looking at the bullying section or mm-hmm. the privacy stuff, um, the curriculum stuff. So, yeah, that was really um, cool to have all those different people, those eyes looking on it. Mm-hmm. But it also meant that it just took a bit of time because, yeah, there was sort of, it was a multi-step process yeah. to get that feedback from one end and then obviously our end yeah making those so many like stakeholders involved and you have to like check with all of them right exactly yeah 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 Yeah, but we're also going to be sending our resources out soon to the stakeholders or everyone who was involved with creating them because we also had um a few young people looking over the Mm. the draft for feedback as well so yeah awesome yeah, so website, go to our website, pre-order or get them when they're out and then free PDFs. Yes. Great. That is it. I'm that pretty sure. Awesome. Cool. Um, we will uh, we'll also have a um, screen-friendly, screen-reader-friendly version on our website as well. Um, awesome. I think that will be a separate document to the, the PDF. Cool. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I had something else to ask, but I've forgotten what it was all good anything else you want to yeah i'm just thinking i mean just a massive shout out to everyone who was involved Mm -hmm. Uh, especially of course i I don't think i've mentioned tabby but of course (laughs) tabby is like the most fundamental um person because she was not only looking at the 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 feedback uh, the the drafts for feedback Mm. she was communicating mostly with the ministry so being that point in the center of it all um so yeah massive shout out to tabby if you're listening um and I'm going to make everyone. her listen. Like, listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully we can share this to, to get the word out there about the resources yeah. um, for lots of people to hear. Um, yeah, some re- some great staff around the country who are so generous with their time and, and feedback as well. Um, yeah, I hope it's... I hope it's helpful for everyone. Mm. It's, I think, particularly the policies and processes one. Mm-hmm. Um, being a bit of like a research geek, like looking at the relationship between having inclusive policies and things like school attendance. Mm. And obviously it just, it makes sense, right? Yeah. That, um, but it's just such an important part of creating that, um, like the community of care around mm-hmm. a person. 
Um, and yeah, there's just, I think every school can, can do a lot in that space. Mm. And so this is ho- will hopefully give them the guidance and also the motivation and the, yeah, sort of the, the something to, to work with, mm-hmm. a reference guide essentially yeah. to to identify what they are already doing well mm-hmm. um, and what they can do more or better at. Here's a high level question. What do you think is the benefit of having like a written resource um, rather than just like communicated info? Ooh, I think t- like the issue around time, especially for school staff is a big mm. one. I know that um, many school staff are time poor. Mm-hmm. Teachers especially just, you know, have, are just overworked um, due to the, infinite demands and underpaid of course sadly Mm. um and so having a resource i sort of see them as these reference guides it's not something you're going to sit down and read the front to the back Mm. of you're going to maybe see oh this if something comes up in your school if if you have a student who discloses they're trans and wants help with changing their name and gender marker for example Mm. on their school records um this guide will be yeah, will will help and mm-hmm. and also this is um the they're also for like school boards and hopefully a wide range of like you know school guidance counselors and principals and teachers. Yeah. Um. So it's not simply for a particular person in mm-hmm. a school. Um. Yeah. There will be lots of lots of bits of information for everyone. Yep, useful for so many different people. Yeah. Yeah. That's I what also think um, it'll help us as well because I feel like we often get like a lot of the same questions mm-hmm. um, like around policies and stuff. So it'll be nice. We can just direct people like, oh, hey, um, we have a really interesting section on this in our resource. Um, yes, stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. It's sort of that one consistent mm. message type thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like pointing people to this place where we already have this thing rather than having to like repeat it every single time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that, again, time comes into mm-hmm. that, right? It's yeah. like going to hopefully save us time yes. on the other end. <laughs> um, yeah, and for schools coordinators, to mm-hmm. have for them to have something to refer to as well. Yeah. Totally. And f- obviously for young people, if they yep. want to use, mm-hmm. if they have an issue at their school, they can say, hey, look, <laughs> here's yeah. a resource that actually outlines your professional obligations yep. to keep me safe. Mm-hmm. But obviously it shouldn't be on the student to do that in the yes. first place, but yes. if it comes to that. And if anyone listening is having that issue, um, Inside Out is here. We have a schools coordinator in almost every region um, of Aotearoa. Mm-hmm. So if you need any support um, in your school, absolutely reach out to us. Um, our information is on our website, insideout.org.nz. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I've got a few minutes left, so any last yeah. things you want to? Oh, I'm, I know that I've, I've definitely missed something really <laughs> obvious out, as the case is always. Always happens, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. We'll come back at 2 a.m. Um, <laughs> You'll wake up in the middle of the night being like, oh, yeah. I should have said <laughs> oh, this. No. Um, yeah, I just... Hmm. Nothing comes to mind hugely. Um, cool. Yeah, just keep a just keep an eye out for media releases, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just I'm personally very excited to see how people respond to mm. the resources. Um, hopefully, mostly positively. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is it's a, a naturally. Uh, I don't know. It's a really exciting thing 
but that obviously comes with a lot of uh, uncertainty around how mm. people will will respond to that, and, and so I'm I'm really hoping that we can keep our yeah it can be as as positive as it can mm. be. Like I know with the join this chariot, we got so much positive um, feedback on that, but unfortunately there was like a little bit of pushback, like negative pushback on it. So mm. I'm just hoping that we get yeah. like so that the positive outweighs the negative here. Totally, and I'm sure it will. Yeah. I really hope so because mm-hmm. what we can come back to again is that these are grounded mm. in people's experiences. We can't take yeah. that away. Mm. And if there's a negative response, it's probably for a person who's who's for the for whom this is some sort of uh, abstract exercise. It's, mm. it's not. Um, yeah, for the people who need it, this will hopefully be game changing. Absolutely. And yeah, set some new standards for. Mm-hmm. For what we what we want to see, set the expectations the higher. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, um, that's us. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Alex. It's been Ooh. a delight to see you again. Yay, thanks, Neo. It's been awesome yeah. being able to have this platform and actually externalize some of the stuff because it's definitely just been yeah. more, you know, mm-hmm. in the head or between me and Tabby or whoever. <laughs> so it's very cool to to be have this public platform yeah exciting um so feel free to check out our social media for further information about when these resources come out and our website and all that good stuff yes um thank you everyone for listening um you've been listening to speak out radio um which is on access radio which is on 106.1 fm i feel like i need to tighten up that little catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> um i've got one more thing oh, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> i knew it was gonna come back absolutely at least it was, yeah at least it's now before we right. ended yeah oh, exactly well just in case anyone's listening who um is more like on the school staff end of things um we will be holding uh some webinars or like release type things that will help you like how to use the resources as well um so like running you through them so look out for those um to be confirmed but just yeah those will be out there um in hopefully all regions or somehow accessible to everyone great looking forward to those okay um thank you everyone for listening Kakite. You are listening to Speak Out Radio, uh, joining us today for our cool little uh, queer horror section. Uh, my name is Emlyn. I use they, them, or he, him pronouns, and joining me today are... Um, Charlie, and I use he, him, and they, them pronouns. And Justin, hello, um, I use all pronouns. Say hello my, my, to my wonderful friends right here. Uh, we are going to be talking a little bit today about uh, a bunch of things to do with queer horror. Uh, I would like to go through a little bit the kind of history and the origins of horror within queerness. Um, and then we have, I think we have a bunch of uh, very cool shows and movies that uh, we'd like to talk about to do with this. So uh, any uh, preliminary thoughts on, on this topic? I have a lot of feelings about horror and queerness, so <laughs> I'm very excited for this one. Happy October. Happy Halloween, yeah, guys. happy Halloween. This is like the iconic month for the gays, you know? Like this is just a great time. So um, yeah, decorate your rooms, make sure to have a good time, have a party, you know? 
It's gonna. It's so good. So good. Yeah, I feel like there needs in order for queers to celebrate Halloween a little better. I think that we, when we carve pumpkins, we need to give them tits more often, <laughs> and that's just my opinion. Um, if you're, if you truly feel um, queer spirit, that's what you need to do. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank Fantastic. you for those wise I've, words. I've... <laughs> I've never actually carved a pumpkin, but I think I may need to do it this year. I just have. For that. It's great. Great tradition. <laughs> or just do a capsicum. Do like a, those, <sighs> a, a capsicum, this orange capsicum. They're pretty much the same shape, and it's like, it gets across the same idea. May have to do that <laughs> this year. <laughs> Little life. Please make do. There. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we sure do. Um, so, in terms of like, the history of queerness and horror, it actually kind of starts really early in terms of like the origins of horror. Um, Like I'm sure we all have heard of uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, the kind of the origin story of vampires in a lot of ways. Um, A lot of uh, literary theorists actually think that Bram Stoker himself was a repressed gay man um, due to, he was actually friends with Oscar Wilde, uh, and uh, kind of there was a whole bunch of stuff around uh, speculation around his marriage and about all of the themes that he put into like the original Dracula. Um, so even in the beginning of horror, queerness has been there. Um, and also in terms of also vampire horror specifically, uh, one of the oldest uh, myths of vampires is Carmilla. Uh, who is a lesbian vampire who feeds off of women's breasts, which is like <laughs> very queer, very cool. So good. Um, and like, I have the the page up on it. So it's uh, the original novella was released in 1872. Uh, so this was actually before Bram Stoker's Dracula. It precedes it by 26 years. So like queerness and horror have been hand in hand from the beginning of this. Um, and in terms of Carmilla, there is actually a very excellent web series that was released in, I think, 2012? It's it's old. That sounds right. That definitely sounds right. <laughs> have either of you watched Carmilla, the web series? Uh, honestly, the understanding I have of Carmilla is purely from Tumblr, um, GIF, GIF posts. Yeah. Um, just, like, master posts of, of just obsessed fans and um, me being kind of scared by it um so it's... when i'm scared by a fan base i'm like do not interact <laughs> no that's very fair very very good uh, for your sanity i feel because <laughs> i've definitely got sucked into shows by it my tumblr page um but yeah no carmilla is it's really good queer campy fun like it's all kind of like single uh the webcam stays in place and it's like this dorm room it's kind of a modern retelling of Carmilla set in like a very spooky like university setting um and I believe there's actually a canon non-binary character which is pretty rad for yes the early 2010s um but it's very good and I would recommend it uh that's kind of uh that's what I had on kind of the origin of of queerness and horror um but it's also been there in kind of like horror movies whether good or bad representation. Um, a lot of horror, early horror movies uh, kind of used queerness, or, and a lot of movies were able to kind of put a bit of queerness into them by using the horror genre. Uh, do, have you heard of the Hayes Code at all? Yes. I've heard of yeah. it. 
Um, I'd need to know a bit more about it, though. What's it about? So it was kind of like a... Oh, what's, what's a good way to explain it? So, so basically, <laughs> the Hayes Code is kind of like... Um, restrictions were placed on film in particular um, in the U.S. in 1960, and it prohibited different things being shown. Oh, um, yes. Yes, yeah. I learned this in media studies this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. you would have. Yeah, I know about this. Yeah. Because um, there was a whole and, lot of stuff out, and it was, like, pretty homophobic. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was, like, kind of anti-sexuality in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and as a whole. So you weren't really allowed to show just much of anything, especially in terms of, like, violence and sexuality. And obviously those are two things that are very prominent in horror. Mm-hmm. And so obviously as soon as the Hayes Code kind of was falling apart, a lot of it was well. No, it ended in 1960. It was beforehand. Sorry, I'm getting my date screwed up. <laughs> After 1960, then there were a lot of people making films that were like capitalizing on things that they couldn't do previously, and so um, of course there were a lot of campy horrors, a lot of gore um, coming out of post Hayes Code because people were like we have a way to express ourselves um, and the things that we see as, I don't know issues in society Yeah so that's uh, so queer queerness and horror kind of went hand in hand with that um, and also one of the only ways that you could kind of portray queer relationships was if it ended in tragedy uh, mm. so that's kind of where we get the barrier gaze trope from is uh, you could portray a queer relationship but only if they were suffering or miserable and of course that kind of plays into horror tropes as well because horror is all about fear and suffering and all of that um, so it all kind of like mixes together um, nowadays there is a whole bunch of very awesome like queer horror and horror that features queer characters that don't die which is nice um yeah. So extra special shout outs go to uh, um, Haunting of Hill House uh, and Haunting mm. of Bly Manor, uh, which are some very recent examples that um, I, I really love. Yeah, no, totally. Also, um, killings, but resurrections. Um, uh, speaking yep. of uh, Fear <laughs> Street, um, we have the mm-hmm. um, the blonde girl and the main um, the main two characters. She dies. In the first spoilers, um, in the first <laughs> in the first film, um, she has to die because she gets like put in that tank, and then she starts drowning. Yeah, but then she comes back, so it's all good. It's all. Good. She really did that. She really did that. She really <laughs> she like, had, did it for everyone. She did that for us. She did it for yeah, all the. It's so kind. So good. The only mm. way barrier gaze is valid is if you resurrect them afterwards. Exactly. Um, even then, you're on thin ice. But <laughs> yes. Yes, they have to rebirth themselves. Like, unless it's an allegory for coming out, I don't want it. I don't want to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We we stand that, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I think there's this kind of important um, narrative that goes along with, like, the history of queerness and horror as well that's kind of related to um, kind of really old horrors of like the monster man or the the monster that's coming after everyone, um, and how I guess um, there's there's people like uh, like you said about Dracula, the Invisible Man, 
the creature from the back, black lagoon that mm-hmm. kind of stuff where like there's this uns like there's this unheard of horror that man can't perceive and um but everyone fears and the only way that people can exist is is to destroy the evil um is is a very thinly veiled um comparison to at that at the time primarily homosexual men mm-hmm. um as as they were the extent of queerness that was recognized at the time um so especially with like the invisible man there's this like storyline of the invisible man that's like um he's invisible until he's shot by the police mm. and that's when you can see him which i oh, think is dear. really interesting right yeah. yeah i'm not too uh i haven't read much or or seen the invisible band myself so i'll I'll take your word for for that one (laughs) (laughs) i haven't watched Um, it either definitely definitely there's kind of uh i definitely do tend to feel kind of kinship with a lot of the monsters and horror movies in some Mm. way there's kind of that that sense of otherness um this is why I really like Lovecraftian horror specifically. Um, if you're not aware, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft wrote a bunch of books. Um, if you've heard of Cthulhu, that's him. Um, of these kind of otherworldly threats that are uh, so alien and so terrifying that your brain can't really perceive them, um, that you can't, you literally can't understand them. Uh, and it will drive you to madness. And <laughs> I don't know why, but something about that just kind of resonates with me, specifically with like my gender identity, because being a non-binary person, that kind of feels like my experience out in the world of like what I am is so strange that people can't wrap their minds around it. Um, and I don't know, something about that just kind of calls to me. Unfortunately, H.P. Lovecraft himself was a terrible, terrible person. Oh, <laughs> yeah, why big is racist, it always like racist. that? Yeah. yeah. I think that, like, the there's, there's a really interesting conversation to have uh, around that, uh, like, specifically in terms of, like, identifying with the monster, and it's kind of with a, um, you know, we as a community have been portrayed as the antagonist for many, many decades. Like we just are the antagonist. That's the way it is. And when you, when that is like the best representation you get, even up to like the nineties in Disney kind of stuff, we are Mm -hmm. the antagonist. There is kind of um, a peculiar Mm -hmm. sense of kinship with these monsters and Lovecraftian kind of novels where it's like, Yes, like I understand that lack of understanding of who I am and there's kind of a novelty in the idea of I'm not um, easily being able to be perceived in like uh, the the framework that everyone else is being seen in. Um, And there's that kind of like, you relate to that in some way where it's like, yeah, I'm not like everyone else. And that's kind of cool at the same time. Like, yeah. Yeah. That that kind of idea. I guess the representation was kind of missing during like for so long. And, but we've only been able to like start getting um, that good representation recently over the last decade or so last two decades. But like before then there wasn't really much to clutch onto for LGBT people. So I feel like we've always inherently just like, been drawn to these types of characters and it just like Emmeline C 
said with um I'm also I also identify as non-binary so I've always felt this like kind of gender fluidness with characters and like I've liked how so many characters are just like they're male and female or they're just nothing and it just it doesn't matter it's just they are who they are so I feel like yeah we'll always have this like connection with these types of characters and I think it's beautiful it's stunning I love it it really it gives me so much euphoria being able to describe myself as just kind of like an eldritch monstrosity like that yes. that's the ideal gender presentation is just like a formless blob of of kind of <laughs> eldritch energy like i don't know why but that is just what kind of gives me the good euphoria <laughs> yeah Totally. And kind of, as you said um, before, Emlyn, there are some representations that are less than ideal for um, queer people. And I guess um, a significant one of those would be, I guess if we're going back through history as well, is, um, is um, Psycho by mm. Alfred Hitchcock, which, you know, the whole... I mean, he, there's, there's obviously mental illness, um being connected with queerness, which is a common theme with all of these, um, like, at around that time, at least. Um, And there's that kind of idea that, obviously, this is all spoilers, that that Norman Bates, uh, like, kind of wants to inhibit the idea of being his mother so much that that's why he's dressing up as her and you know you can't it's kind of like um both a critique of um people with schizophrenia mm. or cr- and with people who cross dress or are transgender it kind of it's like the one two punch they managed to hit two birds with <laughs> one stone with that one yeah. there's um, unfortunately a really long and storied history of having trans women be the antagonist in a lot of horror films yeah. two others that come to mind are silence of the lambs uh the main antagonist of that film again spoilers for everything we're mentioning here basically (laughs) but the main antagonist is a self-professed trans woman who is like stealing the skin of women to make themselves or herself a a skin suit it's uh and i you know i really like the original film i think it had some beautiful like i i love the the concept of hannibal itself it's just it really unfortunate when these kind of films use trans women or uh, really awful portrayals of trans women as the antagonist. Um, again, a kind of a lesser known film, but Sleepaway Camp is a is a notable one as well. It's kind of your basic like Friday the 13th, uh, a bunch of teens in a summer camp all getting slaughtered by a killer. But at the end reveal is that a character who all th- throughout the rest of the film was perceived as, as a woman. Uh, oh, she she's actually secretly a man, and it's a very graphic portrayal of uh, her, you know, naked body, uh, and her reveal as the killer as well. Um, and it's kind of that link between trans women being awful murderers is, is really awful to see in horror, um, but it's unfortunately a really strong thread that's kind of carried through uh so it Mm. would be really nice to see some really cool strong trans women who are like 
the heroes in horror movies or something. Uh, in particular in horror, right? Yeah. yeah. That would be nice. I think we're yet to see that, actually. I'm trying to think, and I can't think of... Yeah. There's not really too much in that veil. No. Trans women deserve better, and we, we deserve better queer horror uh, than what oh, those yeah. have given us. Um, but in terms of, like, good queer horror, uh, do you guys have any more uh, kind of... <laughs> <laughs> recommendations or any other movies that you would like to talk about uh well i i'm currently obsessed with american horror story now i know i'm mm. so late because like i know it was like the, it was like the thing for the gays in like 2015 they were like they loved it um and i know there's like a huge fan base around it obviously the show's very um lgbt um involved and i think that's like so so cool um, one of the reasons why I watched it, of course. Um, but I just think it's such a great series. And each season it keeps on, um, like, breaking boundaries with new... Um, I'm just watching the 10th season at the moment. Again... Oh, no, this will not be spoilers. Um, uh, the 10th <laughs> season, there's a double feature. The first half of the season is... Um, is called I forgot the name Red Tide, and then the second half of the season is called another thing Death Valley, but um the second season the second part of the second season, uh the tenth season has a whole lot of super cool queer characters and trans characters, and I just love how they keep on um bettering their representation. And Ryan Murphy is just such a great director and he yeah. always knows who to pick when it comes to these things. Um, and I always love, because people always say like, oh, well, why don't we just get the best person for the role? Not like uh, if, it, if someone's better at the role rather than them just being a queer person playing a queer role. Um, people always say things like that. But I always think it's important to just like get it right and to have like a, a trans woman playing um, a trans character. A queer person playing a queer character, preferably. Um, although there are some cases where I don't mind it, but um, yeah. American Horror Story, though. Have you guys watched any seasons? Yeah, I've watched like probably like four or five seasons, and honestly, I'm just terrible at TV TV shows. But I have I I do I love it, and I also agree that like. There is some amazing representation of um, of sexuality and um, I guess diversity and, and gender identity as well, which is very appreciated. Um, I also, in the in terms of um, kind of the Ryan Murphy, the extended Ryan Murphy universe, <laughs> um, I guess also Scream Queens. Oh yeah, I don't know classic. If you guys watch Scream yeah, Queens? Of course I've watched I that. haven't. <laughs> watched it but i've i've again i've uh absorbed most of it via osmosis uh from tumblr yeah yeah <laughs> right so i have i have a vague knowledge of it but uh, i know that it, it looked very good and very fun and campy i think like last year i started re-watching it with my partner and it was just so funny it's just very it just the the horror in it is just really good as well i just really it's great, well, and I love that the characters, there's, like, just casual, like, diver again, diversity and sexuality that is not, like, 
it's it's not a gag. That's just the person, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. And that's what we should be seeing more of in terms of horror is queer characters whose queerness is, you know, could be integral to the story, but also just queer characters who are queer and it doesn't have an impact on the greater story. They are just there and they are just themselves. Um, I think that would be really nice to see in horror specifically, uh, and mm. it would be a lot more fun to watch. Uh I have gone quite into depth in a previous episode about queer narrative podcasts. Um, I did like mm. an entire section about them, but I will just do a quick shout out here, shout out here for the Magnus Archives, uh, which is yeah. a very good horror podcast. You have um, to, you have to mention it at least it's, once. It's, though, for it's this. so good. Uh, yeah. Like the main uh, character is an asexual uh, queer man um, who, and there is like, there are canonical like queer relationships throughout the rest of it. And uh, the cast have been like really awesome about having that representation there. Um, and it doesn't take away from the horror and it it's, you know, the horror is entirely sometimes features, you know, aspects of queerness, but explores it in a way that is respectful and uh, that, you know, kind of heads deep in terms of, <laughs> you know, my own fears about horror and, and being queer. So would recommend go listen to it if you can bear to listen to podcasts, because I know it's hard for some people. <laughs> I love yeah. podcasts. Honestly, they're great. And we're filming one right now. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, if, if, we if, are. if you're going to film one, you've got to be able to listen to one. So Absolutely. That's so true. Um, yeah. So what do you think? Should this wrap us out then, Emlyn? I think so. Do we have any kind of closing statements we would like to make? I think I've said pretty much my my piece on, on queer horror. I love it. I I, I just love horror. Um, <laughs> and I'm queer. So Gay you know. rights. <laughs> <laughs> gay rights. Yeah. Um, yep. LGBTQIA plus rights. Um, uh, Halloween rules. Um, make sure to at least have like five costumes um, make sure to post them all to Instagram so I can see them. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Yeah, I think Halloween is is meant for dressing up and dressing up is meant for queers. That's just the fact of the matter. And I know it might be controversial to say, but the Babadook is still gay and that has not changed. <laughs> the Babadook is a queer icon and I can yes. you cannot change my mind about this. <laughs> this is right. Yes. And with that, uh, this has been our little, little queer horror podcast e- episode section. Yes. Uh, and uh, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Speak Out Radio, and we'll see you next time. Happy Halloween! Bye! Bye!